Can you lift up your Bible and say, Father God, this is your Bible. It's your truth for me today. I'm ready to receive your word and obey your word and let it transform my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. How to apply the blood of Jesus? Come in the evening at three. It's going to be powerful. Amen. How many of you are going to come in the evening? Can I see your hands? All right. The rest of you? I'm asking you, what about the rest of you? I'm just kidding. All right. Let's just recap what I've shared in the past. The language of the blood. The blood speaks. The blood of Jesus speaks. God hears. That means there's a language of the blood that in the spiritual realm, it is interpreted. Blood is powerful. Blood is witness in the realm of the spirit. And that's why even people who practice witchcraft and the dark arts, they use blood as a means to access the realm of the spirit. In every religion, they have used blood as a means of sacrifice to appease the gods. So, understand the language of the blood. Blood represents life. God said in Leviticus 17.11, the life of the animal is in the blood. The different forms of life. Human life is in the blood. Well, Jesus came with blood, but it was not the blood from the Father. That means it was the blood that God manufactured in His body by the power of the Spirit. So the life of God is in His blood. Blood is purchase price for redemption. Purchase price for redemption. The price that was paid for your redemption is the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, the blood also is eternal. It's an eternal voice. For eternity, the blood will speak for you. And the blood of Jesus Christ is alive even today. Amen? It's important to understand this. Now, the blood must be applied three ways. Understand that. Three ways. God words. The blood must be applied in heaven. Jesus took his own blood into the mercy seat in heaven and poured out the blood for us. It was applied God words. The blood must be applied inwards. You must apply it daily to your conscience so that you don't live in guilt and shame and condemnation. And the blood must be applied darkness words or towards Satan. Because that is his defeat. What Satan fears the most is the blood. Now when I say Satan, don't have this imagination of a person with horns, tails, and a pitchfork. No. Satan is a person. We know that God is a person. But what Satan brings is darkness, shame, guilt, accusations, condemnation, oppression in our lives. That's all the work of the enemy. So, the blood must be applied against shame, guilt, condemnation. See, no matter what you have done in your life as a Christian, no matter how terrible your past may be, how immoral it was, understand this. When you come under the blood, it is washed clean. Christians should not be walking in shame, hanging their heads in shame because of what they have done. Remember when Jesus went to that woman? caught in adultery, I do not condemn you, go and sin no more. In the power of forgiveness, 
shame is broken, and the power to walk in a new way is released. But in shame, in shame, you are dragged back to that old habits. In shame, you are pulled back to your old sins. Amen. So what Satan fears the most is the blood. Why? Because it is the legal witness to his defeat. To the stripping of his power and authority of a mankind. That's a legal witness. So you must stand in your legal witness. Just as Naga stand in Article 371A, we use it everywhere. Even for your big star, you use Article 371A. You cannot touch this because Article 371, we are so stuck on Article 371 because that's maybe the only thing in the Constitution we know. And yet you know it so well that you will just lift up that banner all the time. See, in that same manner, we must stand on the blood. Stake our claim on the blood. Our position is on the blood. Daily. So when we learn to apply the blood daily, you will walk in victory, in peace, and joy, and in the grace of God over your life. Can you say amen? Turn to Leviticus chapter 16, verse 14. Now, I want to show you how to apply the blood today. Now, on the Day of Atonement, once a year, the high priest would make atonement for the sins of the entire nation. Now, that is a type and an example of what happened in Christ. Old Testament is the type. The New Testament is the reality. But you need to see the type in order to understand the reality. So, he shall take some of the blood of the booth, sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Everyone say seven times. Say seven times. Seven is the number of completion and perfection. So the sprinting of the seven times is representative of the complete sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because His sacrifice ends all sacrifices. There is no longer any blood sacrifices required because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Now seven times, we can see that even Jesus shed His blood from his body in seven places. Let's look at that. Number one, the sweat at the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweat drops of blood. That's the first place. Second was his face. They beat him. Not only that, they plucked his beard and blood flowed from that. So that was the second place. Third is the head. Thorns were placed on his head. And don't think of the thorns that we see in Nagaland. The thorns we see in Nagaland are pretty soft thorns. Israel is a desert place. The thorns are strong and tall. And it was jammed on his head and blood flowed. So the third place is the head. Number four is the back when he was scourged at the Romans. By the Romans, he was scourged, all right? The fifth place is his hands when he was nailed. Sixth place is his feet where he was nailed. And the seventh place was his side when the soldier thrust the spear and water and blood flowed out. So the seven times the blood of Jesus was shed on his body. Why? Signifying the seven times the high priest sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. Meaning it's a complete sacrifice. No more sacrifices required. For the forgiveness of sins. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So how do we apply the blood? For that I have to take you to Exodus chapter 12. 
another time that explains to us the power of the blood and how it is applied. Now in Exodus chapter 12, God gave the instructions for the Passover lamp that every father must be responsible over his household. Now that's why it's important to understand fathers and future fathers, future husbands, you are so important as a leader of your family. Can you imagine that if there was Israelites' fathers who failed to carry the lamb into the household, failed to sacrifice that lamb for the household, that household would have experienced tragedy. So they are to take the lamb and then on the 14th day, they are to sacrifice. All right? Now look at verse 6, Exodus chapter 12, verse 6. You shall keep the lamb until the 14th day of the same month, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Verse 7, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Now look at verse 12 and 13. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and of beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I shall execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the blood is a sign between us and God. Even today, the blood of Jesus is a sign because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, Christ is our Passover. Everyone say this, Christ is my Passover. So the same application of the Exodus chapter 12 in a greater way, an eternal way, is in our lives today because of Jesus Christ. Now the blood of the Lamb was collected and it was the responsibility of the father to take hyssop. Hyssop is a small weed that you see all over Israel. Small, insignificant, but God used that to take the blood of the lamb and to apply it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the house. All right? Now, think about this. If you were a father and you took the lamb and you killed it on the 14th day. You collected the blood. And just at that time, the mother said, Where is the water? And you left the blood there. And you started going and getting involved in the household chores. And then you forgot the blood. And you forgot to take the hyssop, dip it into the blood, and apply it onto your doorposts. Because you got so busy with household chores. Even if you had killed the animal and collected the blood, if it was not applied, you would not experience its benefits in your life. Right? The blood had to be applied. Jesus has died for us on the cross. He has shed His blood for us. His blood is on the mercy seat in heaven. It speaks for us. But if you and I do not apply the blood regularly in our lives. We will not experience the power and the benefits of that blood. Listen, Christianity is not just an idea or a concept. It's a very practical faith. 
It's a very applicable faith. And you must learn the simplicity of applying the Word of God in your life. Because if we don't, and sometimes theology has made the Word so distant from reality that we go to church every Sunday, but the Bible has no meaning. We don't obey what the Bible says. We go to office and we live like complete aliens to the Word of God. On Sunday, we come and, oh, the Word, the Word, the Word. But then, Monday to Saturday, what happened? Has theology made us so far apart from the practical truths of the Bible? With the proliferation of Bible schools and theologians, have we become so distant from the Word? No. Christianity is always meant to be a very practical, applicable faith every day. Can you say Amen. Come on, say it louder. Yes. Amen means you are participating. Hallelujah. So, the blood must be applied. And I want to show you how. Amen. Turn to Psalm 107 verse 2. Jesus is a Passover lamb. And just as God told Moses, this Passover is an eternal memorial that you must observe it wherever you are, children of Israel. In the same way, God wants the cross to be our eternal memorial that we every day live conscious of the cross, live conscious of the blood. Let it be a memorial. Memorial doesn't mean museum. Okay? The cross is like a museum. We just go and appreciate. We make wonderful sculptures of that. No, that's not faith. Memorial is, is real, every day, in your heart. You live in the power and the revelation of the cross. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Psalm 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord... Can you repeat the next two verses? Say... Okay, let me ask you again. Let the redeemed of the Lord... Say. Think or say. Keep it... In your table or say? Come on, say it again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say. Christianity is a speaking religion. It's not just quiet, meditate, oh, more, 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 more. No, no, it's not that. You have to speak. Listen. The spirit of religion in denominationalism, I'm not saying every church, denominationalism, that's a spirit. Silences the mouth of men and tells you to be dignified. You have to be just quiet in church. Quietness has its place. But Christianity is not only to be quiet, to be dignified. Yes, you're quiet and you're meditating and after that speak. You must speak. That's why the Bible says pray. The Bible says shout to the Lord. The Bible says praise the Lord. Not think only thoughts of grandeur towards God. Praise Him with your mouth. That's why when you come to this, I ask you, come on, be, be loud. Shout to the Lord. Don't be timid before the Lord. God wants you to speak. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, how many of you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus? Can I see your hands? The Bible says, say. Say it. Don't just let it be in the Bible. Don't just let it be a doctrine you believe. Say it. 
Whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Are you redeemed from the hand of the enemy? Say it. Why? Because that is Revelations chapter 12 verse 11. Look at Revelations 12, 10 and 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come or the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. The voice of accusation. You have done this. You're bad. You're evil. You're not good. Not a good girl. Not a good bear. You have done this. That voice of accusation is from the enemy. That will kill your faith. That will steal your joy. That will cause your head to hang low. That will cause you to walk in depression and shame. But that has been defeated. The Bible says, look at verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You overcome the voice of accusation in your life. The voice of shame and guilt in your life. By the blood of Jesus and by the word of their testimony. Everyone say testimony. Testimony means you say. That means you say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Testify what the blood has done for you. And you will overcome him. Do you know you overcome Satan by your mouth? I'm telling you the truth. You overcome Satan by your mouth. Don't put a crucifix in your wall. Many people do that. There was an uncle who told me a long time back, oh, God will be so happy if he looks down at Nagaland. And I asked him, why? Because on every mountaintop, we have put up crosses. Really? Is God happy because we put up crosses in Nagaland? Come on, tell me. Huh? God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward. So if you're looking at the crosses on the hills and thinking God is blessed, you are not functioning in the wisdom of God. You and God are looking at different things. Religion looks at the outward. God looks at the heart. That means in the heart you believe and you speak and you defeat Satan. Not by putting crosses on your walls. Come on. Is it challenging your faith? Nothing wrong in putting crosses on the wall. Put hundreds also if you want. But if it's not in your heart, it's powerless. Let me say it again. If it's not in your heart, it is powerless. Amen. The Bible on your table is powerless. Some people by 2030 decorate the homes with Bibles. But they live lives completely opposite to what is on the table. It's powerless. It's the word in your heart, out of your mouth, where your power will come from. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So there are seven major ways the blood will work for you and that you apply it. Alright? Now, let me give you this main point. Write it down. How do we apply the blood? It's very simple. It's very practical. You just do it every day. You apply the blood when you say, or let me say it, when I say, write it down, when I say, when I say by faith from the heart, when I say daily by faith from the heart, everything that the blood has done for me. It's very simple. It's nothing magical or mystical. We walk by faith. Faith believes the word of God and speaks. It's as simple as that. Because we are spirit beings. 
We don't look for uh, blood today. No, we don't. The blood's already speaking for us in heaven. So by faith, when we speak, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, Jesus is the apostle and high priest of our confession. What you say, Jesus is the high priest. High priest represents mankind. So Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. You are here on the earth. When you speak what the blood does for you, Jesus represents that for you in heaven. Jesus is the high priest. High priest of our confession. So when you speak by faith, everything that the blood has done for you, you are applying the blood. So let's look at seven things. Number one, Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. Redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Do you know that almost every religion has this understanding that there must be a shedding of blood to find appeasement, appeasement, appeasement. Even in our old tribal understanding, whenever there was an important occasion for the blessing of the tribe, blood was shed because in the understanding for the future, there must be a shedding of blood. The underlying belief is appeasement. The word redemption is a legal term, which means to buy back. You have been bought from the place of sin and death. You have been bought from that eternal judgment that became upon us because of Adam and Eve's sin. Your sins. Everyone know that when you do something wrong, you have done something wrong. Intuitively inside you, you know. Whether you are in Timbuktu, whether you are in Antarctica, Arctic, whether you are in the 18th century, 1st century, or the 21st century, when you murder someone, you know it's wrong. Yes or no? So there is a sense of the law in our hearts and we know that when we do something wrong, there is a consequence, there is a punishment. But now, who gives that punishment? Is it men? If it is men who defines the laws, then men can define their own laws and you can live your own way and find your own path to life. But that's not the truth because in every human heart, there's a sense of right and wrong. It may be perverted, but it is there because there is an absolute truth from the Creator who made us. And we know that we have all sinned. And we try to do good works to pay the penalty for our sins. But how can imperfect, corrupt men filled with sin ever, ever through their own good works satisfy the demands of a righteous and holy God? It's impossible. It's impossible. I've seen people going up to pilgrimages, different parts of the world, trying to pay some penance, trying to pay some, earn some merits so that they can earn some appeasement from their gods or gods from who they are believing. How can men ever earn by their own works the appeasement of a God? Impossible. So God had to make a way himself by sending his own son, shed his blood on the cross for us. In him, we have redemption. Everyone say redemption. We have been bought back. That means you have been bought. 
Kini lo isida eturge. Election de kini lo isina. Tu laga candidate bra. Itu ni mende tu laga kothana hi jado. Right? See, if you sell your words, you have no right to criticize your MLA. So for the next five years, suck it up and work hard because there is not going to be much development in your constituency. That's the truth. That's the truth. Stop complaining for the next five years. Just enjoy whatever roads we get. Because you have sold your right. We have sold our right. We have sold our right. So we sell our right and we complain. You have no right to complain, Nagas. Not you, you all are nice people. Online people, you have no right to complain. <laughs> right? Because what? You have been bought. We have been bought. So look at it. Now that's a negative example, but the principle is the same. Jesus has bought us by his blood. That means you have no right to your own life. Serve the Lord. Do His will. Follow Him. And that's where your blessing is. Now God's not demanding in like a despot. No, He's a loving God. And He knows that He has bought you so that He can give you the life that you really want to have. He can produce the blessed life through your life. But He also means that because I have bought you, follow me, obey me. Do my will. And He will produce the life that you want. The life that you want is not in your selfishness. It's in obedience. Can you say amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, the life that you want is not in your selfishness. It's in obedience. So, all you have to do is this. Are you ready? How do you apply the blood? Just say this. Every day, I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and I have forgiveness of sins. Put up that verse again. Ephesians 1 verse 7. I've been redeemed through His blood and I have forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Can you repeat of me? Say, I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and I have forgiveness of sins. Now say, I have been bought. I have been bought by the blood. I do not belong to myself. I belong to Jesus. That is powerful because it works here. It works here. It destroys the prison of shame and guilt. And this feeling of fear and trepidation that Satan may come and just put some sickness, some disease, some curse may come, some wrong. No. You are redeemed. You've been bought. Satan cannot buy you back. There is no power greater than the blood of Jesus. That means if you have been bought by the blood, no one can touch you. Can you say amen? Number two, Romans chapter 5 verse 9. Write down those confessions, right? I've been bought by the blood. I've been redeemed. Romans 5 verse 9. Much more than now, having now been justified by His blood. Everyone say justified. Justified. The word justified means to be made righteous. You are righteous. Woo! Isn't that exciting? You are not guilty. Not condemned anymore. You are righteous by His blood. 
The moment you accepted Christ, you have been given new robes, robes of glory, robes of cleanliness, robes of beauty. It's called robes of righteousness. Righteousness means you have the ability to stand before God without guilt and shame as if you have never sinned your whole life. It's a gift from God. It's a gift of grace. It means you are forgiven of all your sins and now you can come before God with boldness, without shame and guilt. You know why? Because sin has made men inferior in their hearts. We always feel like we're not good enough, something is lacking, and so we depend on our good works and our good intentions, but even that is not good enough. And so we must understand that grace is a gift that makes us righteous by the blood. Come on, say this with me. I believe in Jesus and therefore I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. That's how you apply the blood. Every day in the morning, write it down. You get up and you speak. I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. Just now, even when you say it, what is changing in your heart? Now close your eyes and just say this with me. Because of the blood of Jesus, I have been made righteous by His blood. No guilt, no shame, I'm righteous. Amen. Now open your eyes. What do you feel on the inside? Are you sensing more confidence? More peace? Huh? Yes or no? That is revival. <laughs> Only crying revival we think. Falling revival we think. There's nothing wrong in crying and falling, but it must lead to the state in the heart of faith and intimacy and boldness. All the crying and hear nothing change, you just wasted your tears. And it just was from the soul. Now I'm not saying don't cry, cry. I've cried so much before the Lord. But that crying always led to the state of the heart being changed. Can you say Amen? Hallelujah. Number four, number three, first John chapter one, verse seven. First John chapter one, verse seven. But if you walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How beautiful is that? Cleansing. Third place where the blood is applied in our lives. Cleansing. And the grammar in this verse is present continuous tense, which means it's happening even right now. It's happening right now. The blood of His Son cleanses us. If you walk in the light, oh, where's the light, Pastor? Light, we're looking for a sunlight, candlelight. The light is called the truth of the Word. The light is called the revelation of the cross. That's light. In the Bible, truth is light. The word is light. So if you walk in the word, you walk in the truth of the word, that you are forgiven by the blood, then the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses, 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 cleanses. It just rained last week, right? 
all the dust in Kohima settled. At least for one week, we can breathe properly. And the hornbill is coming on the dust is going to go up again. <laughs> right? So you know how powerful rain is, right? It cleanses the air, makes it fresh. Listen, we go out into the world and we go out everywhere. We are tempted. There are things that we are facing every day. And then your conscience gets defiled. Yes or no? Your conscience gets defiled. But if you are conscious of the blood and you keep on saying daily, the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin. My wrong motives, my wrong intentions, that jealous feeling that I had, all oh, that anger that I had. Oh, that's, oh, that's that last, that, oh, the thought. Oh. The blood of Christ cleanses. So don't live life conscious of sins. Live life conscious of the blood. Don't be conscious of your imperfections. Live conscious of the blood. It cleanses like a waterfall. Come on, say this with me. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from sins daily. Say it again. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from sins daily. There is daily forgiveness. And that's why let there be daily confession out of your mouth. It, it, it washes your... Oh, it's powerful, I tell you. It just washes you. Washes you. So that you don't live timid and weak, conscious of what you have done wrong. But you're conscious of a greater reality. The work of Jesus that has cleansed you. So that you can walk in boldness in your prayer. You can walk in boldness in day-to-day -day life. Faith is walking in that boldness. That God is with you and is going to make a way for you. In your business, in your job, in your career. We have to live by faith. God is ready and willing. To do wonderful things through your life. But we are afraid to step out. Because we think it depends on my religiosity. Rather it depends on your faith. Your belief. Your belief is unable to be released. If you're always conscious of your sins and your weaknesses. That is hindering your faith. Like chains shackled to your feet. God can use each and every one of you. Like Ranad Bonki, Benehin, Sadhus and Sin. Every one of you, God can use. God can bless. God can open doors of opportunity. God can take you to places where you have never been before. God can make you work with companies you have never worked with before. God can take you into homes you've never walked into. It's possible. But many of us, we feel like we don't deserve it. Not good enough. And so we don't ask. We don't believe. I live with the faith that Faith Harvest Church will shine all across the world. The Word, the Spirit, the testimonies, the truth spoken from this place is for the whole world. I live by that faith. I don't let any thinking, oh, we are backward tribe, we are tribals, we are up and among us. Hey, that's not my identity. I'm not from a backward tribe. How many of you from backward tribe? From today, say this. I will never say I'm from a backward tribe. Your word is identifying your limitations. You are from the kingdom of God. You are not from a backward tribe. Oh, but you don't understand, Pastor. My, my family, they live in Eastern Nagaland. So what? There's no faith in Eastern Nagaland. There's no spirit of God in Eastern Nagaland. 
If God can take somebody from the jungles of the world and throw them into the international stage, like so many preachers, so many people, why can't they do that for Nagas? Find your identity in the blood, not in this blood. Do you know that you don't live by this blood? This blood will tell you you have hereditary diseases. But I have a brother. His name is Jesus. The moment I believed in him, he took me out of this family and put me into his family. And every hereditary curse and every generation curse has been destroyed. Amen. Who told you? Who said? Hey, who said? Think about it. Don't believe that nonsense that people in community talk. God did not say. God did not say. Who said? We said. And because we said, we make it our identity and our reality. That's nonsense. Don't say those things. Righteous people. Angamis have a sense of righteousness. Semas are brave. Lotas are very creative and ingenious. Can you say Amen? Not Chalak. That's the word of the devil. He twists what is good and make us have bad eyes towards one another. How can we Nagas be so deceived into believing that lie of the devil when we have the gospel? We say 150 years, we have Christian, we sing hallelujah chorus in every jubilee and then we give in to the lies of Satan. We have a gift of creativity from God. Angamis have a sense of justice, I've realized. They're righteous. Semas are brave. Ours, I don't know, my wife, what do you think? Ours are beautiful. Ours have a heart for the gospel, missions. Right? So, we are redeemed. We are redeemed from chalakness, pride, jagra. Hallelujah. Number four, Hebrews 13 verse 12. Hebrews 13 verse 12. Number four, sanctification. Therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. The word sanctify means to set apart. It means to make like a saint. Saint. Do you know that you are a saint? If you are Jesus in your life, you are a saint. Saint means you are sanctified. Don't live worldly lives. Don't live in the values of the world. I was sharing about how so many young Naga girls want to go out on Instagram and flaunt their bodies. For what? To get attention from the world. Attention from men. Likes, views. But really, is that a consecrated life in God? Does that bring glory to the Lord? Yes, there's nothing wrong in appreciating beauty. There's nothing wrong in being fashionable, dressing well. But we must always do it in a way that brings glory to God, not to self, not to worship self. Not for me, me, me. I, 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 I want to be validated by the world, so let me show them my belly button. There are nine, belly, nine billion belly buttons on the world right now. Everyone has. 
If you're doing that, I don't condemn you. I love you. We love you. But that's not who you are. The blood did not redeem you so that you can flaunt your body to the whole world. You are sanctified. Sanctified means you are different. You are not like the people of the world. Why is it that, not, that Christians want to become like the world? We want to be fashionable like the world, accepted like the world. We are meant to be different. Different doesn't mean that we are so righteous that we are pointing fingers and just accusing the world. No. We love the world. We accept the world. But we are not worldly. And we don't live by their values. We love the gays. We love the homosexuals. We love those that are in sin. But don't drop into their lifestyle. Are you following me? We are different. The word sanctified means different, different, different. Different. When the world is worried, we are joyful. Hallelujah. When the world is just letting go the morality, we live pure lives. Purity is beautiful. Can you say amen? All the young men and women say purity is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's powerful. There's a trend now on Instagram how people are talking about their body count. And I know what you, what, what I, and I know that you know what I mean, right? What's your body count? How many men have you slept with? Oh, 50, 100. How many women have you slept with? 200. Oh, everyone's, oh. And young people are not going to celebrate in that. How stupid. That's not strength. That's weakness. Weakness. Do you think that those people are happy? They're not happy. Their lives have been defiled. Their minds and their hearts have been completely twisted. Don't go after the ways of the world. Brother, I don't mean that we judge or we hate the world. We accuse the world. No. We must always be different. Different means love, grace, compassion. But don't let the water of the world get into your boat and sink your boat. We must be there rescuing them from the world into our boat. Right? Don't jump into the water. Don't let that water come into your boat. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So we are sanctified. Now say this with me. I am sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Say it again. I am sanctified by the blood of Jesus. It means you're made holy. Remember, holiness is something that is so powerful. We want to be holy, but we feel like we have no power to be holy because our eyes want, our body wants, our mind wants those things. And sometimes the things you want are the things God said no. Yes or no? But there's a grace released in your life to walk in holiness when you speak what the blood has done for you. When you just say, I am sanctified, I am sanctified, I am sanctified, you are already made holy by the blood. You're already holy. Do you know that? You are a holy people. Come on, say this with me. I am holy. I am made holy by the blood of Jesus. When you know you're a dog, you will start barking. <laughs> when you're confused whether you're a cat or a dog, then you don't know how to act. So you're not sure whether you're holy, not holy. Am I holy, not holy? I don't know. I, I had a bad thought. I have a bad thought towards pastor right now because he's making fun of me. Oh, am I holy, not holy? So you don't know. So sometimes you're holy, sometimes you're unholy. Monday holy, Sunday holy, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, go down the slope. Come back on Sunday. 
Shoo, on the mountain of God. Monday, Tuesday, Sunday. So we don't know. Listen, you are holy. You are not in a holy place. You are the holy place. Because you are the temple of God. Can you say amen? You are holy. By believing you're holy, by saying what the blood, there's a power and grace in your heart to say no to the wrong things. Say this again with me. I am sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Number five. John chapter six. Turn there with me. Oh, time, time, time. If you could just block time right now. Right? Okay. Maybe you can just stop looking at your watches now. All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, time has stopped. Okay. John chapter 6, verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. There is life in the blood of Jesus. And the word eternal life is Zoe life. A quality of life. Not length. Not quantity. Quality. Quality. The life is in the blood. As God says in Leviticus 17.11. Now here's also a reference to communion. That when we take the bread and we drink the cup, we are eating the blood and the body of Jesus. We're drinking and eating by our faith. But in that simple act of obedience, there is life. There is life in the blood. Do you know that death is swallowed up by the life of God? The blood that was in Jesus was not ordinary blood. It was the precious blood of God. It's a blood that is not tainted with sin and the corruption of man. That's why that blood speaks for us even today in heaven. It's an eternal blood. In that blood, there is life. Can you say life? Life. So when you believe that the blood has life for you, and even when you take the communion, do you know that there is life in the communion when you take it by faith, that it swallows up death, which means it keeps you healthy? It's not just a ritual. I was looking at a picture of a preacher the other day. 60 years old. He looks like he's 30. 60 year old man looking like 30. And you know the secret? He takes communion every day. By believing that he receives life in his body. Do you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you? And the Bible says that there is power in you. The power of God is in you and it can quicken your mortal body. Your body can be quickened. That means when you are 60, you don't have to have a 60-year-old body. When you're 70, you don't have to have a 70-year-old body. You can be 70 and have a 40-year-old body. Sprightly, young, energetic. That's what I'm going to be. 80 years old, I'll still be preaching on this. Your grandchildren can come. I'll get them saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Amen. Hallelujah. There's life in the blood. Come on, say this with me. There is life in the blood of Jesus. I believe in Jesus and I have his life and that life swallows up every death and sickness and disease. Come on, say it with faith. Again, like I said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Everywhere I've gone in Nagaland, people are alshi to say, confess. When I go to other churches, otherwise, my God, I go to Delhi, Anki's church, I go to other places, Mumbai, I go to Indonesia, and I say, come on, confess. Hey! They start jumping and shouting. Because they're just fresh believers. They don't know that religion has taught us to keep our mouth shut. They don't know that. When I just tell them, come on, say, God loves me, they will jump up from the seat and say, God loves me. They just believe the word and they get Bible results quickly. Be childlike. The way you enter the kingdom of God is like a little child. Little child. Amen. Number six, Hebrews 12, verse 24. We'll close quickly. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks for us. Intercession is representing you right now. And the blood of Jesus is speaking for you in heaven. Abino is forgiven. When I said Abino, 10 heads rose up immediately. Are there 10 Abinos here? Abino is righteous. Abino is blessed. Abino is redeemed from every curse of the law. The blood is speaking for you. The blood is speaking for you. If there's somebody right now at the right hand of Prime Minister Modi and he's speaking for you, hey, there's someone in Nagaland who's a wonderful citizen of this country. There's someone in Nagaland who loves India. There's someone in Nagaland. His name is Roko. Any Roko here? Speaking to the Prime Minister and Prime Minister, oh really? 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 Okay, call Rocco. Ah, the plane will be full of Roccos. Many Roccos in Nagaland, right? See, that's what intercession means, to speak for you. In the court of heaven, the blood of Jesus is speaking for you. Make sure you are speaking the same thing the blood is speaking for you. Amen. Number seven. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25, and we'll close here. Hebrews chapter 10. Believe the word. Whatever I'm preaching, believe it, practice it. Don't let it be just a message, words, idea, subject. It is life. Amen. Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. The seventh point is this, access. Say this with me, I have boldness. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say it, I have boldness. I have boldness. You know it's so ironic when we say I have boldness. I have boldness. 
I have boldness. That's what we are saying. The Bible says. Do you have the boldness that the Bible wants to give you? No, you don't. You don't. Honestly, you don't. That's because you don't believe it. When you see this, you shout from the mountaintop. I have boldness to enter the holiest by the blood. Right now, you can go to the throne room of heaven right now by faith in your heart and petition whatever you need to the Father right now. He's not sitting on the throne of judgment. He's sitting on the throne of grace. Right now. You can ask what you need. Why? You have access by the blood. Come and say this with me. I have access to the throne of heaven by the blood of Jesus. I have access to the presence of God by the blood of Jesus. When you say that, you are applying the blood. Look at verse 20. By a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a conscience or a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience. So, that's the eighth place. Your conscience. Say this with me. The blood of Jesus is sprinkled in my conscience. There is no shame, there is no guilt, no inferiority before God. I have access. I have access. Hallelujah. Every day, I live conscious of the blood. When I was going through depression, I declared what the blood has done for me. When I came under severe oppression, as if I was losing my mind, I would declare the blood has redeemed me from the powers of darkness. The blood has redeemed me from this oppression of the enemy. I am free. I didn't take medications. I didn't go through counseling. I didn't visit the psychiatrist. They gave me the wrong diagnosis. They said, for two years, you will struggle in this depression. I said, no. The Word of God says I'm delivered. I will not accept the report of the world. I will take only the report of God. Some of you, the doctors have said you have schizophrenia. Some of you, the doctors have said you have depression. The doctors have given you a report and you believed it. God's report is greater. What God says is greater. Don't make the doctor greater than God. There's nothing wrong in doctors, but they're only human beings. And let me tell you, you go to 10 doctors, you'll get 10 different reports. Simplify your life. Live by one report. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I have sound mind. You have sound mind. Your soul may be struggling in a particular area, but your belief in the word and the blood will bring it into alignment. But you believe the psychiatrist, you believe those counselors who do not go by the word of God, you will be confused and you will struggle. And you will learn to cope with your problem, not be victorious. Amen. The Bible says God has given us power to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. Don't make lust your pet. Don't make depression your pet, keeping them. No, trample on them. Don't make serpents and scorpions your bedmates. Because in church, you're fine. When you go home and you're sleeping, 
the silence reveals the chaos. When you're at bed at night, it reveals all your worries and your insecurities, right? That's the moment you must trample. That's the moment you must practice this word in the circumstance of your life. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700-568-4533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.